once a week. We listen to God's word. We listen to a message about God's word. We sing praise and worship songs. If you want that to come to life, get on that plane and go on a mission trip. Welcome to the Watermark Wesleyan Church Reach and Teach Podcast with your hosts, Randy Johnson and Dan Ward. Well, welcome everybody um, with Dan Ward here at the Reach and Teach Studios. Dan, how are you doing today? Doing great, Randy. Good to be back. Yeah, Dan, over the last several weeks, we've been talking about different opportunities people might find in the various ministries that are available to us and, and even reaching beyond what we do. There's other places, obviously, that some people can serve. But, you know, you had an idea that we might try something a little different today. What did you have in mind? I thought it'd be good to hear from someone who's been on a trip, someone from our church. Part of the idea with the Reach and Teach podcast has been to get people involved in different ways and different places than they normally would be. And one of the things we've talked about is taking short-term trips. And so we thought, what if we had someone from our church who has been on a short-term trip and had a significant experience? And so in talking to several people, we heard the name Mike Devlin. And Mike has been gracious enough to join us today. So Mike, thanks for joining us. Maybe you can start by just telling us a little bit about yourself. I know you're part of Watermark. Um, I just met you in person. We've texted a little bit, but we just met you today. So very glad to meet you finally. And I know I've heard great things about you. Maybe you could just start out telling us a little bit about yourself and kind of your involvement at Watermark and anything else you want to let people know about. Thanks, Dan. Hi, Randy. My name is Mike Devlin. I go to Watermark McKinley. I've been attending there for about four years. I currently serve down at the Trading Post, and once a child watch kicks back up, hopefully back in the toddler room, I have four children who wander around and tear the church up on a given weekend, <laughs> and I'm real excited to be here and talk about my passion, which is mission. That's mine too, so I'm all about it, and I know Dan, is we're piquing his interest as well. What first got you interested in missions, where did this little itch start with you? Because I know you well enough now. I know Dan's just meeting you today, but I've had a couple meetings with you in which I know how deep this goes and it's pretty deep, but where did it start? How did you get that itch? It started while I was sitting in a service and they were talking about a trip to Lebanon and they put some pictures up about a team that had just returned. And I'm like, well, that would be neat to go to. And it was eating at me a little bit. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, I'm going to Lebanon, I'm going to Lebanon, I'm going to Lebanon. And next thing I knew, I was in Zambia. So oh. that's kind of where it began, just the pictures up on the big screen. And I've always had a nudge to go serve. And this just kind of pushed me in that direction. When, when was so, that trip to Zambia, Mike? It was 2019, March of 2019, the last nice. construction trip that went. Okay. Before you went, what were you thinking it was going to be like? And my next question is going to be, what was it like? Before you went, you had things going in your head. What were they? Before I went, I thought I was going to go over and be the one making a difference, making the change, being the one helping the people and serving the people, just being the one to be the hands and feet of Christ, the one who stood out from everybody else. Mm -hmm. And how did it work out? It was the complete opposite when I got there. I had no idea that I would be the one who had to have the sense of humility and who would be the one receiving almost more than I was giving. Just the way God works in that country and the way he worked on my heart while I was there. 
was just incredible. The people were pushing us in a direction towards Christ instead of us helping push them in that direction, if that makes sense. So it was completely opposite. I went in with my plan, and as we know, God has different plans 110% of the time. So it was the exact opposite of what I went in planning. Give us a little bit about what exactly happened there as far as how did the trip unfold? Personally, for me, the trip unfolded. I went on a construction trip, and before the current time, I wasn't exactly the most handy. I ended up getting sick on the plane on the way over. And the whole time up until about the Wednesday, which was about the third, fourth day we were there, I kept questioning, why am I here? Why am I here? Simple tasks just seemed to be very hard for me. And I couldn't figure out why God put me there. Halfway around the world, away from my family, away from my comfort zone. I was way out of my bubble. And then Wednesday rolled around and they have this shopping thing that they run on the compound. And when the youth come into Bible study, they get a token, which they can redeem for soap and toothbrush and things like that once a month. And the first boy through the line, as I'm standing there, you know, exchanging the tokens, decided to buy, he had four of them, and he decided to buy two bars of soap, one for his mom and one for the baby at home. That was the moment that broke me. And I realized why I was there to completely shift my perspective, not to come back with the spirit of condemnation, but a spirit of this boy, he could have gotten candy, he could have gotten anything, and he chose soap for his mom and his sibling. Wow. I'm getting chills talking about it. It's still, it sticks in my mind every single day whenever I have that urge to impulse buy something or put myself first. I think, what would this boy do? And what did he do? And that's just the kind of thing you experience over there. And that's that solidified my purpose over on that trip. And then we continued knocking down walls and building stuff after that. But it was, mm-hmm. it's things like that. You go over expecting the trip to unfold a certain way. Like, okay, we're going to go build something. We're going to go do this. And the relationships that you build while you're over there and the things that totally catch you off guard are exactly what a mission trip should be. Now, Mike, you also serve here at the Trading Post where there's also a lot of need. How do you contrast the two? Or do you? There's differences, and then there's also a lot of similarities. Poverty, to me, is almost not necessarily a mindset, but a condition of life. And we want to throw money at it. We want to do things like that. And whether it's over in Zambia or whether it's in Springville and the surrounding communities, people have needs and we're called as Christians to meet those needs. So it's basically the same concept. You have to have that spirit of service. You have to go in with an open, clean heart saying, what can I do for you that doesn't necessarily benefit me? You know, yes, you're going to feel good and yeah, I did something great today. And that's awesome. We're supposed to feel that way. That's human nature. But for me to hand somebody a box of food who needs it or bars of soap in Zambia to a boy who needs it, we're all human. It's all the same in that regard. So you can be on mission 20 minutes away from my house here and make just as much of an impact as getting on a plane for 14 hours. 
but you have to have that heart of service. That's the key. Mm-hmm. You have to be in it to serve people and love yeah. people. Now, there was a lot of people on that trip, and I know your profession is in nursing, but you're reaching out beyond nursing to do the things you're doing. I mean, you're going into construction. Can you speak to what kind of people are needed over there? How open is it to serve? I mean, is there certain qualifications? Is it a hard thing to do? It's different than what we have here. I actually left nursing a few years ago. I'd say I retired from nursing. Um, My wife doesn't think that's as humorous as I do. (laughs) But (laughs) I say I retired from nursing and I'm actually pursuing my full-time call to ministry. But the people needed over there are just people open for love. Are people open to be that beacon of hope, to come alongside somebody who's in maybe the worst season of their life and say, you know what, Jesus loves you and so do I. And we're here to just walk along with you. And I always say 90% of mission trips and 90% of serving is relational. So though it was a construction trip I went on, 90% of that was relational. Yeah, we got our jobs done. Yes, we made awesome improvements to the Poetis compound with their coffee house and lighting and things like that. But I went over with minimal skills and managed to come back in one piece. So if I can do it, you can do it. But you want to go build the relationships. That's what the key is on that. And just people who are open-hearted are what they need over there. Yep, that's exactly what I found. I I'd say to people that have a pulse, they're qualified if they have a heart for Jesus. It's the old saying, he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And when there's a tug in your heart, there's a reason for it. Our job here is to make inroads to do that. Some of the other people on the trip, did they, how'd it go for them? Some of them had a much easier time. Um, They had a better skill set. I can say every single person who was on that trip came back different. In a good way. In a great way. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't talked to anybody who has gone yet that went, oh man, I wish I could go back and do something different. Or, you know, I wish I felt this way. Everybody that came back, came back on fire for Christ and came back different. Mike, you served in an area outside of your profession. A lot of people would say, well, why not take a medical trip with a background in nursing? What would you kind of say in retrospect to someone who's thinking about only going in an area they're gifted in or kind of branching out and just trying something a little different? Do you have any suggestions or guidance for people on that? When we started training for the construction trip, I knew my skill set and I knew my focus was in medicine, which doesn't translate very well to construction unless something goes horribly wrong. And then it's very transferable. (laughs) Right. But I would tell people, because I went in, I knew I was going to be uncomfortable. First time I've been that far away from my family for that long. First time I've been that far from home and totally had no idea what to expect. But the phrase that got me through when I finally just broke down under Satan's attack saying, you can't do this, you can't do this. I broke down during the trainings and said, you know what? I have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that is exactly what I would tell people, just get ready because you are going to be so uncomfortable. It's not even going to be funny, but you have to get comfortable with that to go on missions. And it's really easy to do. Yes. You want to embrace it. Lean into the discomfort. 
Yes, exactly. So for people going on a first trip, some of it varies obviously person to person, what opportunities there are, but kind of in an ideal scenario, do you think it's better to go in an area you're, you're really strong in or kind of stretch yourself and, and try something a little outside of your comfort zone? I would say if you're going on your first trip, you have to go where God puts you for starters. Like I said, I was going to Lebanon and I ended up in Zambia. He will put you where you need to be. Some people struggle with that discomfort, struggle with, okay, this is out of my skill set. And some people can't overcome that. And that's okay. To me, that would mean that's not God's timing. You'll get there. But no matter what your skill set is on a mission trip, you're there serving kingdom purposes. You're there serving God. You're there to be stretched and you're going to come back different. And you can go in with your best laid plan and you're going to realize it falls apart the second you get off that plane. And it's going to fall apart in a good way, in a way you never imagined. What would you say to someone who's hearing what you're saying and they're saying, that's exactly a nightmare for me is everything falling apart and not going according to plan. Because some people are much more flexible than others. So for people that maybe aren't as flexible, aren't as kind of go with the flow, what would be your thoughts to them? I would tell them, come get a cup of coffee with me for starters and we'll fix that. But no, (laughs) I would just explain basically it's going to fall apart. Look at your life. Look at the last year. What happened in your life? Maybe it was a job loss. Maybe it was family illness. Maybe it was something. And you had a plan to overcome that. Did that plan go exactly as you laid it out or did it look a little different? Because if it looked a little different, that was God working his plan and putting yours aside. So it doesn't have to fall apart in a tragic way. It's just going to unfold into something beautiful and you just have to be open to that. So it's just a matter of taking your hands off, stepping back and just being open to what is going to happen. And it's, it's going to happen. That's great. Are you someone who does roll with the punches pretty easily or are you more kind of, here's the plan and it's going to happen in general? I am a 50, 50 mix. Those who meet me usually say, well, he just rolls with anything. I'm kind of a closet planner. I'll come up with, okay, here's what I'm doing today. Here's what's happening. Here's what it is. And then I wake up each morning and go, okay, we're doing this today. And that goes out the window. So I have to be both. And I'm okay with that. I found my happy medium. I'm in my rut. I'm good where I am. Um, And I'm following the path. But going on that first mission trip definitely greatly improved my ability to roll with the punches. So that would be, if you're looking to improve that skill of rolling with the punches, go on a mission trip. It will (laughs) do that for you. That's for sure. Yeah. So I want you to also just share with the people that are listening, give them some encouragement to go. From what you've told me, it's revolutionized the way you even think about life, about your future. Just speak to the people that are listening. The people who are listening here, you probably sit next to me or close to me and the pews every week, once a week, we listen to God's word. We listen to a message about God's word. We sing praise and worship songs. If you want that to come to life, get on that plane and go on a mission trip. God is going to bring those pages of scripture into such vivid color and such awesome life. You're going to feel what scripture is telling you. You're going to feel those passages that you hear on a weekly basis. And you're going to have such a deep relationship with your father. It's going to be life-changing. There is no way it can't be. And if you want to truly be the hands and feet of Christ, not just on paper, go for it. 
just jump in with both feet and go for it. It will be the best decision you ever make. And just cast that fear aside because he's going to make a way and he's going to walk with you and hold your hand the whole way. Give us the most challenging part of the trip and the most enjoyable part. The most challenging part was for me, the travel. I don't sit well for a long time. So that was an obstacle I had to overcome. Once I got off the planes, okay, you know, I got a little sick going. That was fine. I overcame that in a couple of days. I was fine. And the coolest part of the trip was I had no idea what kind of food they had, what kind of customs they had. And you have downtime where you can really experience that. I mean, they cook for you in Choma, that city, their food, what they are, what they eat. And it's just awesome to try it and try something different and then see their customs, like some of their dances and what they do and hear about their weddings and just their life, what it's like over there. You can read it in a book. You can read it in National Geographic. But unless you're there, it's just awesome. Mm. It's just so cool. And the challenges are minor compared to just the cool stuff you're going to experience over there. Did you feel prepared when you went? And how did the church do getting you guys ready to go? And did you feel like you were ready to go? I absolutely felt like I was ready to go. Any struggle I had was personal. And like I said earlier, that was just demonic attack, which is going to be expected when you're doing God's work. Watermark prepared us so well. We had Mike Agliata and John Bowler as our lead, two stand-up guys who were just awesome on the mission field. And we did a book study, The Last Arrow by Erwin McManus, which really applied to what we were going to be experiencing over there. Um, I won't spoil the book for you, but definitely, definitely a good read. And just team building. We got together once a week for about maybe six to eight weeks beforehand and just did book study and heard testimony and learned about each other. So that way you're not on a plane with eight random strangers who you met at the airport that morning. So you just do the reading, you put the work in, you just be vulnerable, which is very hard. But these are going to be some of your closest friends when you come back. Granted, you're cooped up on a compound with them for two weeks, so they better be. Uh, but you're going to build those relationships locally too, which is going to help if you want to start a ministry and start living on mission here. You're going to have people who you can get two or three of them and say, hey, we want to go clean up the side of this road today, or hey, we want to go volunteer at Habitat for Humanity or 716 Ministries. Mission starts outside your front door. I mean, this is your mission field right here. So being prepared, like Watermark prepared us, not only benefits us overseas, but also in our local communities. That's a good point, Mike. And I think that's worth highlighting that Watermark does have an amazing preparation, kind of legacy, actually. I remember back, gosh, 20-something years ago, seeing the way John and Becky Wood would prepare their youth mission teams. And I think it really started with them. I could be mistaken, but they really invested so much in those teams going over. And I know Paul Gartley was a big part of those teams. And I think learned from John and Becky how to do it right. And I think that the church really learned from them that it's so worth the investment on the front end before the trip that so much has already happened by the time you go that you really do have a strong community. I mean, things come up and there's always a curveball on the trip that throws everybody for a surprise, you know, but to have that history and to develop relationships for many times, months, months and months beforehand, I think is so helpful and healthy for people going on trips and a lot of other churches 
look to Watermark for coaching and guidance on how to train and prepare people for trips and teams for trips. So for anyone thinking about going on a trip, I really, to be honest, I can't think of a church that does a better job preparing people to go. And so I just want to throw that in there because I do think it's worth noting that if you go on a trip with Watermark, you're going to spend a lot of time investing in relationships, developing a really strong community within the team. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's so profoundly important, I think, when you're going on a trip, especially if it's your first time to go to a country where you don't know anybody, you don't know what you're doing there. You there's There's always so much that you don't know when you go on a trip, even on the best informed trip and the best planned trip. Like you said, there's always things that come up that are different than the way we plan them. And so to have that community of people that you're with can make all the difference in the world, I think. So that's really cool to hear a little bit about your experience with that. So thanks for sharing that. The other thing that's interesting is that we have other churches uh, in the Southern Tier, some other Western churches and other churches that piggyback on our trips too. And, and that'll probably increase over time as we open up a lot more opportunities going forward. And I know I have the good word, Mike, that you're going to be expanding into a more leadership role within the teams going out. Tell me how you feel about that. I feel great about that. People who I've talked to when I came back, they're like, okay, you're different. I got to go, but you're different because I've never been more excited in my life to travel, not just to Zambia. I love Zambia. I can't wait to go back, but I can't wait to experience Lebanon and India and the other ministry partners that we team with and just to be able to take people and say, I know what you're walking through right now. This is awesome. Embrace it. It's going to be great. And to be able to be in a leadership role to carry on that watermark legacy and help build people and prepare them to go, to open them up, to receive the gift from God that's coming on that trip is just something I can't wait to do. I'm just really excited about that. On just a curious note, kind of jumping over a little bit, could you describe your thoughts and feelings about the ministry we are partnered with there? Tell us a little bit about Poetis and your feelings about them. I love Poetis. I have a Poetis water bottle. I have a Poetis shirt. I have a Poetis <laughs> coffee mug. I cannot talk enough about Poetis. Just what they do there. And when I had my big breakdown, how they came around me and said, you know what? I do this every day. You know, I have this breakdown every day. The heart on those missionaries over there and the heart in that organization to do this day in and day out and have church and just bring Christ to unreached people. And walking through the villages behind the compound over there, just the waves, the smiles. I mean, they may not be going to church back there, but they know who they are and they know what they're there for. And Anytime you can show somebody Christ is a win. And Poetis does that perfectly. I can't speak enough about him. Yeah, I'm I, just so excited to be teamed with them. That's a great word. By the way, Poetis will be in town. Some of the folks I'm helping with our equipping weekend, in case anybody listens to this before mid-October, the executive director, Abby and, and John will be in town investing in our Watermark Church community. And so that'll be a great opportunity if anyone's interested in getting to know them a little bit learn a little more about the organization. Poetis has been doing amazing work for quite a long time in Zambia and beyond. That's October 16th through the 18th. Uh, the 16th, we have a Poetis night at the church here. Saturday, there's an equipping all day. It's a, The whole week is equipping. 
on Sunday, Poetis will probably be simulcasting throughout all our campuses and sharing that Sunday service. So it's going to be a tremendous weekend, and we're so fortunate to have them here, and it's going to be good. So please. Yeah, uh, po- Poetis really has invested a lot in Watermark. We have a wonderful partnership, and they really are just an amazing group of people, an amazing organization. And I hope a lot of people check out that Equipping Weekend. It's going to be incredibly powerful. I'm very excited about it. And Mike, what you're telling us, yeah, they're good here, but they're even better in Zambia. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So go see for yourself. Yeah, this will give people a chance before we fly them over there. Okay, Mike, so it sounds like you're sold on mission trips and would encourage others to go. Is there any kind of final word you'd give to someone considering going on a trip or even someone who's maybe reluctant would say, man, I, I don't know. I've been thinking about it. I hear about it at church all the time, or, or maybe I'm new to church and I, I've heard about it, but I just don't know. You know, what would you say to that person who's maybe just kind of kicking the tires on doing a mission trip and not quite sure? If you're kicking the tires and not really sure, just learn to expect the unexpected, get comfortable being uncomfortable, and God is going to rock your world. Go for it. You won't regret it. And if you regret it, I will buy you breakfast for a year. Go for it. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That's quite a guarantee. (laughs) How often is that a year? Yeah. Every day. (laughs) Every day. Wow. If you regret it, every day. (laughs) Well, we'll let you off the hook and say that was hyperbolic uh, by, by Mike Devlin. I won't let him buy you breakfast every day for a year, but point taken. Uh, he, he's serious and he's willing to put his money where his mouth is on you going on a trip. And Randy and I will both back that up. We would love to see you go on a trip. Yeah. Um, there's all sorts of trips. And Randy, I know you have plans for adding just, I mean, once we get through this kind of limited travel restriction with COVID, you have a vision of having lots and lots of trips going out from yeah. our church. Uh, Denny's the outreach director for the overseas part of our church is already laying out some schedules for next year. We've got a couple in there plugged in already confirmed. I'm looking at the fall for a Bosnia trip. We are we're just looking at some different opportunities to add to what we already have. It'll be structured just slightly differently, but there'll be plenty of opportunity. If God's got that tug on your heart, we'll find a way to get you over there. Mike, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I was real excited to be here. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Mike Devlin on his trip to Zambia. Mike, thanks again for joining us today and really appreciate your perspective. Great to hear from someone who kind of went on their first trip and just had a wonderful experience and I appreciate your encouragement to others to take the plunge and check out a trip. Thanks for joining us today for the Reach and Teach podcast. God bless.